What's up? It's the great MC, crossing borders to you live from ATL in D.C. Your homegirl, queen, Madaraka chief, rocking the greatest culture vibes in your city. Hey, let's go. What up, what up, what's good, world? This is your girl, Madaraka Chi. You know, that's me with the energy, always kicking it to you live. This is the Great MC Podcast Show. And yes, I'm saying it, I'm great. Why am I so great? I'm great because I'm giving royalty, energizing, and teaching. That's right. Let's get it. Mm, this is the third episode, and the show is just building. It's growing. I decided to speak up, talk about my story, share, and if my sharing, my truth, and my journey in hip-hop as a female, or sometimes we call it a femc in the game, killing it and becoming an anomaly and being relevant to the world, if this can somehow appeal to the youth in this new generation and the people out there in the world that are out there impressing and trying and trying to make a wave in this industry or to make a name, please listen from me because we've done it. We've been there. Trust me. Before the internet, with our feet, we crossed the globes, crossed the seas, all over the world. You knew who we was. We was the source in the national family. Soldiers of the underground, reaching for corporate empowerment. That's right, source in the national clique. This episode is about being a part of the hip-hop industry in the greatest, what I call the greatest moment in hip-hop. The reason why is because we got to witness and participate in the transformation of hip-hop from just a hobby or, or let's say, a conscious movement of underground MCs and real, you know, like-minded individuals who just wanted to bring out um, consciousness, black consciousness, self-pride, um, remind ourselves about the royalty that's within us into the, the, the phase where it became more of like something that we call like rap and um I'm not even gonna say it you know that it was a bad thing that you know hip-hop became rap or whatever the case but it became more about like pop selling pop records it it, it, it transferred into a thing of competition and uh, well it's always competition because you know what I'm saying who's the baddest MC who's the baddest DJ back in the day you know how they do it Grandmaster Flash and um, <laughs> all of the the homies from, who started this game for real for real it was always competition but it was a, a healthy competition I would say uh, Queen Latifah Sister Soldier. I remember reading books from Sister Soldier. Like these people were out here giving messages. That's the, I guess the point I'm making. Roxanne Shantae, the real Roxanne. People were out here giving messages of pride and hope. Um, my 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 lady Salt and Pepper, Salt and Pepper. Did you hear their lyrics? Come on now. Are you ready to rock a rock, y'all? <laughs> that was the era. MC Light. Ah! 
MC Light. Come on now. The era of true hip hop. I'm saying, like, come on. The era of consciousness. The era that woke us up as black people after the civil rights movement, the, the, the post-civil rights movement, and what we were doing as black people to get up out of the, the lives of like getting caught up in the drugs and the streets and, and um, the prostitution because of the desperation. Like what we were doing, the, the, the era of consciousness is what drove me into hip hop. That era of consciousness, Rakim, come on. Public Enemy, Chuck D, come on. Like that that was the, the era. Special Ed was even so positive. Um, LL Cool J, I was blessed to meet these people. Like, this was what drove me to want to be in the game of hip hop. My brother went to school, Howard University. People like Puffy came to, to the school. So that campus became like a, a breeding ground for MCs. We would be in the middle of the yard, freestyling and you know what I'm saying? Spitting our truth. So when that era brought the hip hop back to into DC, it, it was really an opportunity for us to see that, wow, if we come up with good songs, if we tell our stories, which our unique story was the fact that we were Nigerian American and, and we had to experience survival of the fittest. We had hustlers in our family. We was hustling, figuring it out. We had big uncles who was making big money, taking us, you know, to big mansion houses and to party with folks in the West Coast, in L.A., and partying with Dr. Dre and um, all of the, the Dog Pound crew. We, I mean, we got to know Corrupt and... And um, all of the youngins that was involved, I'm trying to tell you, like, <laughs> Superfly Priest, do you know him? <laughs> like, for real. I was hanging with Nate Dogg in the studios. Rage, Lady of Rage and me used to play against each other in um, Madden, like, and, and spit and freestyle. Like, I have lived the life of a true MC. I'm not just out here because I made some money and I can go on on wax. I'm, it, it was never about that. It was always about the energy, the the reality, the consciousness, the movements. It was always about how can I empower my people. I even remember when my brother asked me. I was only 18, and he was afraid that my parents would beef, you know, give him, you know, hell because he's trying to put me in a studio and taking me out. We, don't, we wasn't allowed to go out. We was not allowed to go out of the house besides go to school and go to church. And so I followed my brothers. I would always follow my brothers. That's how I learned how to ride a bike when I was young. I would follow my brothers, and that was my way out the door, you know, to a certain age um, before I started seeing the girly side of my sister and wanting to follow her. But yes, for sure, it was always about the movement of hip hop. It was always about the truth. It was always about the the passion of being able to tell my story. And then I found also in that the love for Africa, the pride. I saw that there were artists who actually had a, a African pride, a consciousness, and who cared about Africa. 
And I knew that I had an African descendancy within me that I, I needed to explore. And so who knew? Who knew that I would eventually find the connection? But this episode was more about just being a part of the movement, the greatest movement of hip-hop. When people like Bad Boy Records came in and started to change the game, Nas came in and started to change the game. We were with those greats, literally. I remember performing in Bad Boy offices, coming in studios with Puffy, and I remember being vetted by Biggie and yo, 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 she good. She all right. All right. <laughs> I hung with Biggie. Like, let's talk about that. I had to be for Lil' Kim. We had era. We had a serious era going on. I had the rhyme against Eve. All of this was going on. I, I remember seeing Foxy in the parties and she had a little attitude. She'd be with her mama in a big fly-ass fur coat. Me, I was always this natural earth sister. We had money and fly things, but I never flaunted it. I just flaunted my royalty. Natural hair, anything that exudes the African essence within me. (laughs) That's what I was about. Maybe they thought I was weird. I don't know. (laughs) I was always natural. I had the Gucci bags and the the leather jackets and the shoes and the Joan and Davids and the designer had everything. But it wasn't really that what that was not what I was making it about. <laughs> not for me. And um it has become about that. It is what it is. And I think it also is because black people didn't have we really were used to not having. Maybe, you know, black people in America especially we were used to not having. So when hip-hop was making us money, it turned into a game of, I got more than you. Look what I got. Showing off. It it, it turned into a show-off game. It did turn into something else. It turned into a who who, who got who. You know, we started born in the streets. Battles began to take place. It was next levels. I mean, we used to battle on the mic. I remember stepping into arenas in um, the streets of D.C. and Method Man and the Wu-Tang Clan and the, the whole family is repping and doing their thing and freestyling and here I come, little female, shortest in the middle of the range, just come up in the middle with my flows. Of course, you gotta deal with all the nonsense. Kids be talking like female MCs don't be sparking. My concentration ain't been record sales, but this is hip-hop and sell out MCs, go to hip-hop hell. Keep chasing the pop charts up and down and you'll get eaten like pop tots by real MCs underground clown. <laughs> Yo, I was a hardcore MC repping for the ladies. My advice to the youth, I beg, Learn your history. Get to know the era of hip-hop. Google, study. They will give you information. Definitely get to know the roots. Study the greats from Rakim, LL Cool J to Public Enemy. Make sure ODB, study your greats. RZA, Method Man, the gods them. Like, don't ever leave out the greats. Please be humble. Do not just be out here like, you know, oh, it's... I'm just out here trapping it. This is a whole new level. I guess trap, maybe that you guys have your own industry or something separate. I don't know. But what hip-hop was formed to be was the era of consciousness and awakeness for black people. So let's take it back there. Let's bring back the 
livelihood of hip-hop. Let's bring back the era of reminding ourselves who we are and reminding ourselves to be great. Let not white supremacy win. Because right now, I feel like they've already done, for real, ruined our our minds. Because to me, hip-hop is more than being a stripper. It's more than, you know, how naked you can see me. It's more than um, the, the vanity that is being presented today. And I want to see some young people out here to carve out a name for yourselves because you took it back and you said, no, I am black. I am proud. I am a king. I am royal. I am a genius for the women. I am a queen. I am royalty. I am not to be slept on or slept over or slept with. I am to be procreated with. I am to be married. I am to be your wife. Be better than me. Do better. You don't have to just be out here giving babies when you can have a family and teach each other how to raise consciousness. Let's raise our vibration. Let's raise our levels of consciousness. Let's use the hip hop and take it back because guess what? They're taking it from us. Wake up. Look and see. International and um, let's Caucasians are even doing hip hop better than you. Okay. So let's let's see. Are we gonna get it back? Not to say that you know they can't share in our art, in our in our arts, in our culture, and not to say that other countries cannot share this hip hop, but they're gonna take it from you. <laughs> you should not. You should be willing to own it and claim it, and not just be the left behind, because that's what's gonna happen. Because they're taking it the right way, and you're doing it the wrong way. Let's wake up, people. Let's erase this mentality of crushing each other just to finish each other. And let's wake our consciousness up and make ourselves better. Let's come together. Let's use the hip hop as a means of coming together and empowerment because that's what it was meant for. Signing out, this is the great MC and I'm giving royalty, energizing and teaching. One love, Madaraka Chi. Oops, 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 my bad. There is no way I can talk about being a part of the greatest moment in hip-hop and not bring up one name who is so relevant because he, his life and his death was such a part of this uh, transformation and change. And I'm going to mention the name, and I'm just going to make a new episode just on that whole era because... I cannot mention Biggie without mentioning Tupac Shakur. Yes, I was in Vegas and got a chance to meet Tupac briefly. He was with Suge and he was being carried out, like, you know, like kind of, you know, ushered on with his crew, his people. He had a lot of folks with him, a lot of people with him, I guess, you know, his handlers, security, all that. It was a whole crew. And I got face to face with the man. He's a little bit, seen for a man, he was who was so great, he was kind of (laughs) short. It was interesting to me because I never expected him to be that short upon me. Like, almost like me and we were like the same height. I just looked at him like he was so big because I was watching him on TV. And, you know, it was um, amazing to me that, you know, I had access to Tupac's core. Okay, I just had to mention that. I think I'm going to do an episode about Tupac 
versus Biggie. So listen up next. <laughs>